You are listening to the Yummy Mummy Podcast, episode number 73. Welcome to the Yummy Mummy Podcast, where you will learn brand new and shockingly different tools to lose weight for the last time. And now, here's your host, certified life and weight loss coach, Laura Conley. Hello, Yummy Mummies. How are you? It's been a while since I've done a solo episode, and I'm really excited just to talk with you one-on-one about a topic that you guys have really been kind of chomping at the bit. You really wanted me to do a podcast on this, so I'm going to listen to you and do one. (laughs) So this is going to be a little two-parter. The first today's episode is going to be dedicated to how to talk to your kids about food. Now, I am not an expert in this topic, but I'm just going to share with you what I do that is very intentional and on purpose. And next week is going to be on how to talk to your kids about their bodies. So this is something I get questioned about a lot of the time, and I haven't done an episode because my main stance is if you are modeling a healthy relationship with food and your body, you're good to go, right? You're going to pass down amazing, amazing tools and ways of being just by you being you. But we're all kind of in this process of unlearning. So that's why I wanted to do some episodes on this. It is a work in progress. So as we're working on being the best role models, we can have some context. We can have some little things that we can say. So fun fact, I'm about to go to Austin. Cross your fingers, you guys, that I actually get to go. Do you remember (laughs) a while back? My besties and I were supposed to go to Austin in, I think, October, and I got COVID, so I couldn't go. So I'm crossing my fingers. I get to go this week to my life coach school mastermind, which is really just a fun conference where we get to learn and be inspired from one another. So I'm really excited and just connect and like see humans that we have relationships with, like actually in person. Oh my gosh, I'm like so excited for this. So you will be seeing some of that on my Instagram, which is so fun. In other news, the Yummy Mummy April experience is totally sold out, you guys. I am so excited for this next round. And I get really excited because one round will end and then another round will start. And at the end of our, like, for example, the October 2021 group just ended last Thursday. And I get so excited for the April group coming in because we do all these celebrations with the October group. And I'm like, oh my God, this is what is on the line. Like, this is what these April yummy mummies are going to be celebrating in just six short months. The same exact things they're going to be. And this brings me into kind of my client comment, which is more of a general client comment, but the general idea of what we were celebrating was yes, like hundreds and hundreds of pounds lost. But what people were celebrating more so than anything was the freedom that they have. They are just over the moon excited about their relationships with themselves. Like we're getting bikini posts on the Slack page. We are getting before and after posts. We've got like six pack abs coming out of nowhere. It's like so awesome. A lot of my clients are celebrating being willing to feel. A lot of them are celebrating a big level up in their relationships with themselves. Yes, but with the people in their lives. It is miraculous to watch and it's just so fun 
to get to anticipate for the April group. So if you did not get into the April group and you want to do the Yummy Mummy experience, make sure you go to lauraconley.com and click work with me and you can get on the list for the July 2022 Yummy Mummy experience. So you want to make sure you're on the list so you get first access when enrollment opens because I open enrollment to the people on the list before I open it to anyone else. So Let's dive into our episode, you guys. Let's go. Let's do this. I'm really, really excited about the content here because I think it can really help you to feel empowered and feel like you're passing down what you want to be passing down. Let's just start from the root. I get so many questions about like, how should I talk to my kids about food? It's because we think we're like doing it wrong. We think we don't know how to talk to our kids about food, but maybe we do. Maybe we're not as ill-equipped as we think we are. And I want you to just take that as your starting point right? You already are a beautiful, wonderful role model. The fact that you're listening to this podcast and you're working to change the way that you are, your relationship with food and your body means that you are an excellent role model for your children. I think that you really need to give yourself credit for that. So let's start there. Maybe we are doing it right already, but maybe there's some room for some unlearning on our part so that we can pass down what we want to pass down to our kids. So I really think that the yummy mummy is all about that unlearning. If we could just get back to eating food for fuel and eating when we're hungry and stopping when we're full, using food again for what it's meant for, which is to fuel our bodies. It doesn't mean we're not going to love eating food. It doesn't mean that there won't be some room for some celebratory eating, of course. But for the most part, if we can get back to really listening to our bodies, and that is what I'm here to help you guys do. I'm not here as an intuitive eating coach because I really believe that we have to balance our hunger hormones first in order to be able to actually hear our intuition. And so that is what we do inside the Yummy Mummy experience. It kind of is intuitive eating. Once our hunger hormones are balanced, we are good to go. It's so much easier for us to tune in and to listen to our bodies and eat when we're hungry and stop when we're satiated. So our children, you guys, already know how to do this. So I think our job is to just help them keep doing what they do to add context, to give them questions to ask their bodies, to have a dialogue with themselves. Because all we have to do, and this is going to go for the body image too, all we have to do is like help them to not get the cultural programming that is out there that food should be used as a reward, food should be used as a comfort, food should be used as a way to relieve stress, right? All we have to do is keep how they're wired inside their bodies. Because if we leave it up to them, they will, by nature, eat food when they are hungry and stop when they are satiated. It's like the most beautiful thing to watch. I watch my daughter do it all the time. And my son too. But my daughter is just such a beautiful example because I can actually have (laughs) a verbal conversation with her. So What does this look like in my house? Like, how do I bring dialogue and context to the way that Luna eats? For example, 
there are treats. We do allow her, and I'm going to talk about that in a little bit, but we do allow her to have treats. But what she notices, because we've given her context, is that sometimes treats do not make her stomach feel good. She has realized that sugar makes her feel sick, or too much sugar makes her feel sick. So I just ask her to tune in. If she does get a treat, like the other night she had like a Haribo Coke bottle. (laughs) She had like two of them. And so I just asked her to tune in with her body. Like, how does your body feel after one? Like, do you think two would be too much? And she was like, no, I think two is going to be fine. I'm like, great. Right? She's like, I think if I had more than that, my body wouldn't like it. It's so funny because she goes over to my mom's house and my dad's house and they give her ice cream and they give her like three tiny scoops because she asked for three scoops. My mom will give her three tiny scoops and Luna will have two bites and then be like, my body is saying I'm done, right? So she, because we've given her context around it, say, hey, listen to your body. Your body will tell you. She's like, oh yeah, my body will tell me. And there have been times when she's eaten too much sugar And she doesn't like it. She doesn't like that feeling. Now, I think it's really important to give our kids context. And again, you don't have to do it right. You don't have to have a script. Just start practicing talking to your kids around when they eat and having them ask their bodies. You don't have to answer for them. Just have them ask their body. Is your body giving you any clues? How does your stomach feel? No right or wrong. So there have been times when she's eaten too much ice cream or too much candy cotton, as she's called it. (laughs) too much candy cotton I'm like oh my god don't get any older I love when you say these things she also says she's still a four and a half we try not to correct her because it's like the cutest thing she still calls her forehead her head for I'm like oh my god it's so darling so if she eats too much candy cotton she will be like I'm sick I don't feel good and I'm like let's remember that for next time that you do have a treat so that you're checking in with your body and she's totally on board with that So anyways, I just really go back to thinking, can we just preserve how they are made? Can we preserve them listening to their cues? Because if we don't, they will override those cues and they will adapt, right? Think of that movie, Super Size Me. Do you guys remember that movie? At first, when the documentarian was made, I forget his name, but when he was starting to eat all that McDonald's food, His body was giving him so many cues to stop that it was too much, that it wasn't serving his body, and he overrode those cues over and over and over again, and then his body adapted, and his body did not get sick, and in fact, his body started to crave the junk food, the crap food. So this is why I do think it is important for us to keep our kids as they come, (laughs) Because over time, they can beat those cues down and their bodies will adapt and be fine with the crap shit food. (laughs) Okay, I think a big part of emotional eating, and even if you don't identify as an emotional eater, I think our culture, as a culture, as a population, we are emotional eaters. Oh, I like again, I've told the story. I, I watched myself do this and now I'm so careful. I caught myself when Luna was like 18 or 19 months or something around that age. At the park, she had fallen. She was upset. I was like, oh, do you want some? And I went to give her food to help her soothe or to distract. It's one thing if your kid is upset. Like my kids actually, like Luna especially, she will get hangry. And I know food actually is the solution, right? Because her body needs some fuel. 
But I want us to be really careful of using food as rewards because then we're taught that that is a solver of problems, right? And then we get into adulthood and we're using food to solve all of our problems, whether it's stress or sadness or fill in the blank thing, right? And it becomes a big problem because then we're overweight. If food is our solution to our problems and then we use food to solve those problems, we are then overeating. And if we're overeating, most of us, not all of us, are going to become overweight. The reason why we're overweight or over our natural weight or over our dream weight is because we are overeating food. And when we are using food to soothe or to comfort or to alleviate stress or because we deserve a reward or because it'll be fun or because we have to celebrate, that is overeating, right? I'm not going to say it's wrong or bad or any of that, but it may be giving you a result that you don't want. So that's why I really want us to help our kids to use food for fuel and to not continue to pass down this idea that food is to fix things or to solve things, right? I want us to empower our kids to feel their feelings, right? Whether it's disappointment or whether they do have something to celebrate or maybe you do want to offer them a reward. So there's so many other ways that we can do this. So let's say, for example, oh, this was this just happened at my house. So the Easter Bunny is going to come to my house, and Luna's like, "Ooh, Easter Bunny, that means treats." And I was like, "I don't know if it means treats. I think usually the Easter Bunny likes to hide money in the Easter eggs or little toys in the Easter eggs." And she's like, "Oh, so there's a lot of opportunity. There's a lot of low hanging fruit for us as parents to just swap out. Like maybe you do want to give your kid a treat for the end of the school year or their half birthday." or a mini holiday, a micro holiday. Can you replace that treat from it originally being food to it being a toy or money or something else that aligns with your values, right? That aligns with what you want to teach. Because I'm just noticing, and this goes back to like me being on a soapbox about mini holidays. There's so many mini holidays. There's this person's half birthday and this person's birthday. And then it's St. Patrick's Day. And then it's Easter. And then it's Cece has this little thing get together that she wants to. And then it's this sleepover. And then this babysitter's coming over, right? There's all these little like reasons quote unquote reasons to give our kids treats maybe maybe not so I just want you to become cognizant it doesn't mean (laughs) there's a right or a wrong it just means let's be aware of what we are doing and decide on purpose if it's something that's going to serve our children our kids and if we want to keep doing it so I think that that is an important point and I find myself always looking for "Mm, how can I pull back the sweets and the treats and instead give her an opportunity to feel her feelings and if there's an opportunity for an actual treat or reward can it be a toy can it be money that she can put in her little unicorn bank right okay so there's something else that I want to bring up about treats and limiting treats. It's so funny. My mom always talks about how like back in the day in the 50s and 60s, they had a treat like once a week. Like a treat was more rare than like every day. Like where did this idea that we have to have dessert after every meal or after dinner come from? Like where did that come from? Probably the food industry, probably from marketing and advertising, (laughs) probably from this idea that we want to use food to have fun or to have it be like the highlight of our day, right? So 
I do, and I'm not suggesting you do this, but I'm suggesting you explore what feels right for you and your family because I do set limits on treats with my kids. So I say they can have one treat a week and they know this and we talk about why, right? We talk about why they get one treat a week. We talk about what is inside treats and what happens when treats go into your body. And then I bring it back, right? To remember that time you had your cotton candy or your candy cotton and you felt sick. It's because your body does not respond well to sugar because sugar is not a nutrient for your body. And so I do set limits because if I weren't to set limits and I just left it up to Luna and Phoenix too, if I just let let it up to them, they still have human brains. Okay. So yes, their bodies are wired to eat when they are hungry and to stop when they are satiated, but they also have primitive brains that have not been upgraded to meet us in 2022, where number one, food is readily available. And number two, they get a big dopamine hit when they eat sugar, just like you and I do. Right. And so their prefrontal cortexes are not fully developed. So I have to make the decisions for them. And that's where I come in and I'm like, you get one treat a week. Here's why. When your prefrontal cortex is developed, you can make those decisions on your own, right? And they're pretty much on board with once a week. Now I will make exceptions, right? If they go to the birthday party and there's cake being served, I let them have a piece of cake, even if they chose to have ice cream last night at their grandparents' house, right? So there is some wiggle room, right? Like I'm not going to be, this is just my choice. And you guys, again, you get to decide what you want to do. This is just my choice. And I'm not going to be the one that is not letting my kid have the cupcake, Now, I will hold the boundary. So again, this comes to you knowing what is right for your family and knowing what your rules are or are not. Because let's say she has the ice cream at the grandparents and then she has a cupcake and then we have a barbecue and our friends bring cookies, I am going to draw the line there. I am going to say you know what, you had a treat, you even had an extra treat for this week. And so we're not going to have another treat. And actually, she's pretty much on board with that. Now, there will be times where she's not on board, right? Where my daughter's not on board. She literally has a temper tantrum. And that is uncomfortable for me. I don't like that. It would be easier for me to just give her the cookie that the neighbors brought over. It would be easier for me in the short run. But what I'm doing is managing my emotions, feeling the, what, what feeling is that when she's having a temper tantrum and I just want to fix it? It's, <laughs> it's kind of like desperation. So I'm willing to feel my feelings in the moment, which is huge because then I'm teaching her that I can feel my feelings. I'm also teaching her that I'm not going to solve her feelings of disappointment and anger with food. This is huge. We have to model us feeling our negative emotions and not solving them and instead feeling them. And we have to let our kids have their feelings and not solve them with food. Disappointment, anger, frustration, anything that comes up. And it can be just them doing their lives and being disappointed because their brother stole their toy or them being disappointed because they're not getting the cupcake or cookie or whatever. So I think that that is like, A huge part of this is modeling our willingness to feel uncomfortable emotions 
and not trying to fix it. I watched myself wanting to fix her emotions so badly the other day. It was, I think I might've told you guys this story, but she was having a half birthday party, but she got a little cold. And so we had to cancel the birthday party. And I watched her be so upset and so devastated. And she just burst into tears and she just felt so let down, which I did too. I totally understood. I watched my knee jerk reaction. I really wanted to be like, okay, you know what we can do is we can go online and we can pick out a toy instead to make you feel better that's what I wanted to do knee jerk and I was like whoa Laura don't take her disappointment away don't try to fix it or solve it be with her help her name her emotion help her talk through it help her get some words for what's going on and maybe share your experience too or maybe share your experience of a time when you were little this is what I do this really helps Luna a lot I'll share a time from when I was little that I was experiencing a similar emotion and you can just watch her be so relieved that she's not alone really and that she's not a crazy person and that her emotions are very normal so that's what I'll leave you with just some ideas just a springboard your takeaway is to decide exactly how you want to handle treats and sugar in your house make a rule around it and then be willing to implement that rule even if negative emotions come up this doesn't mean you don't have a family meeting about it if you guys are family meeting people have a family meeting about it talk about it right like I remember when we were switching from letting her have like pretty much like a treat a day because there's always an opportunity for a treat it feels like I remember that and I remember having to lay the boundary and to have the family meeting and talk about it and actually went way better than I thought it was gonna go it was actually not a big deal it was almost like she was relieved right when you as a parent put down rules it builds confidence for your kids because it makes them feel really held and supported and like there are rules and there's yes or no there is not just like a free-for-all land over here so that is your takeaway decide what's going to be working for your family have a family meeting about it and then be willing to implement even if there's some discomfort and it doesn't have to be perfect right you guys you don't have to do this perfectly let this be like anything else I teach let this be a practice. I was just telling one of my clients, like you don't have to know exactly what to say every time. All you have to do is be curious and be willing to evolve and be in dialogue about what's going on in your house when it comes to treats. So that is what I'll leave you with for today in terms of how to talk to your kids about food, bring it back to their bodies, give them questions they can ask their body. How does this feel in your body? now and then check back in like right you know five minutes later 20 minutes later so that they can be in tune right they already are in tune all we have to do is give them a little bit of scaffolding around it a little bit of language around it okay i love you guys so much i will see you next week have the best day ever love you bye hey if you've enjoyed listening to this podcast it would mean the world to me if you rated reviewed and subscribed in Apple Podcasts. And if you've enjoyed listening, you have to come check out the Yummy Mummy Experience. It is my proven course and group coaching program where we take all this material to the next level and yep, you guessed it, lose weight for the last time. So if this is something that you want, head to lauraconley.com and click work with me. The best part, it comes with a body back or money back guarantee. 
And of course, you guys, if you haven't gotten your free podcast listener gift, head to lauracomley.com forward slash gift. There are three weight loss hacks inside this gift that I am so excited to share with you. These are the three things that I do every day and my clients do every day to lose and maintain their weight. So head to lauraconley.com forward slash gift. If you guys don't know how to spell Laura Conley, it's just L-A-U-R-A-C-O-N-L-E-Y. I will see you there.